This is a podcast for creatives exploring the art of writing ugly, embracing it, and pushing forward. I'm your host, Brooke Shantae, and I'm journeying on my own path as a writer, uncovering hard facts, hidden truths, and occasionally sharing some interesting experiences along the way. Stay tuned for heavy rotations of positivity, productivity, and possibility. Welcome to Creatively Imperfect. Welcome back to the Creatively Imperfect podcast. I'm your host, Brooke, and I'm here to help you embrace writing ugly while maintaining a positive writer mindset. If this is your first time joining, thank you so much for stopping by. Truly appreciate you. Today's episode is another author spotlight, and this week, it's my pleasure to introduce you to the author, Nicholas Wetlow. Nick stopped by to talk about his journey as a writer turned author and the impact it's had on his life. He's also sharing his latest project that he's been working on and spilling all the details. And now without further ado, author, speaker, mentor, Nicholas Wetlow. Hey, Nicholas, thank you so much for joining me this week. How's everything? Everything is great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm excited to get this going. Yes, definitely. How how have you been keeping sane during this pandemic? I feel like we're about to approach a year with this. How do you keep sane through everything? Man, to be honest, um, you know, I, I rely heavily on my family. You know, I have a, uh, a wife and three children who I really vent to. And uh, they've been super supportive uh, throughout this entire pandemic and this whole year. Um, And that's really who I rely heavily on to keep me sane. I hear that. Same thing. Same thing, family. And just staying creative as possibly for me. Just reading, just getting into reading and stuff like that. So definitely hear you on that. Um, I was looking at your website a few days ago, and I love the choice of colors that you use, like all of the red and the black really stands out. And I appreciate how you were able to tell a story and like just include parts of your life, like right there on the homepage. Can you share a little bit about your background and how you got started with writing? Of course, of course. So uh, first off, I appreciate the feedback on my website because in the process of making it, you know, I got some feedback from some of my closest supporters and they were saying like, um the red and black you know it's it represents like uh blood and gore you know what i'm saying and that's not really the the lane i was trying to go so i really appreciate that feedback because those were the colors that really spoke to me and um the jacket i was wearing i felt like it looked really good so i wanted to play off of those colors within the website but as far as background on myself so i'm originally from georgia so i was born in atlanta georgia but um, I grew up in a town called Statesboro, Georgia, which is like southeast near Savannah area in Georgia. And um, I grew up in like a very small town. Um, my mom's parents, they had a farm in a town called Meta, Georgia. So she grew up like picking tobacco and stuff like that and helping my granddad with the farm. You know what I'm saying? So I got a real uh, rural upbringing just being exposed to that as a kid you know what i'm saying so um other than that i i grew up playing football i was really big into sports um i ended up being very successful in high school football i also got a scholarship to play college football but i wasn't focused so i had issues like managing the distractions with like 
uh, academic schedule and an athletic schedule. Like I wasn't mature enough to manage both and I wasn't going to class like I was supposed to be. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to maintain the minimum GPA to retain my scholarship. So um, I ended up losing that scholarship. And that was a huge lesson in, you know, not taking opportunities for granted. But unfortunately, I couldn't get that back. So I ended up uh, moving back in with my mom as an adult. And, you know, she she didn't verbally express her disappointment, but I can see it in her face. Like when we would have conversations and trying to figure out my next plans. And um, also before I graduated high school, I I had a, uh, a father, a child that I didn't even know about. Like, and that's where I really get into my book and it's called Overnight Father because I was literally an overnight father in high school. So my senior year ended up having a child unexpectedly and that kind of like catapulted me into maturing and becoming a man. So that's how the story begins. Wow. That's deep. What would you say the most difficult thing about raising a child is at such a young age like what how how has that affected you growing into adulthood and you know becoming a father and even with your writing like how does that how does that impact so, that um honestly I think one of the most difficult things is you know just being ready to to be a parent um a lot of people especially like myself I just wasn't in the mentality of being a parent because I was still literally a minor. I was a child myself. So you know how the old folks say babies raising babies? Like that was literally my story. So right. um, I, I honestly had to figure it out and get it out the mud, so to speak, because I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew the type of parent I wanted to be. And that was based on the different fatherhood figures I had in my life growing up. Like I wanted to fill in the gaps on what they fell short of. You know what I'm saying? So I was just bound and determined to to make it happen. And I think that's one of the biggest qualities in a good dad, just not making excuses and, and just making stuff happen. And I think, I, you know what I'm saying? That's, that's what made me who I am today. So as far as my writing goes, though, like I was always interested in writing. So even in elementary school, like me and one of my uh, my closest friends, we used to write like short stories. Like we were inspired by the uh, the Goosebump books. I don't know if you remember those, but um, definitely author, who doesn't? <laughs> yeah. So so an author named uh, R. L. Stein used mm -hmm. to write these books called Goosebumps, and uh, nice. my homeboy would collect them, and we would try to read all of them. And uh, we started off just mimicking his books, you know what I'm saying, and trying to do our own spinoff of like goosebumps short stories and that's kind of what really got me into writing um i used to i used to honestly i used to write poems too so like um females i was interested in dating back in the day like i would write them poems and i felt like that gave me an edge and it actually did give me an edge in most cases but <laughs> um that's another way i used to uh enjoy writing and then once i got into college like um my my best class was English so even though I wasn't really going to class like I was supposed to and managing my academics like I was really successful in my English class and it was crazy because I it just came natural to me like writing papers like once you know how to 
cite something, it's easy to just fill in the words. You know what I'm saying? So right. um, that really just came natural to me. But as far as like getting interested in writing books is um, after the custody battle I went through for my, my son. Um, one day, my wife jokingly just said, hey, you know, you should write a book because after the custody battle, a lot of fathers started reaching out to me trying to get the blueprint and figure out what I did and how I was able to successfully get custody. And, um, you know, I kind of just sat and thought about it like, you know what, instead of reaching out to these fathers, like one by one who hit me up, like, why don't I just put all the game in a book and spread it on a mass level? And that's kind of what inspired me to, to write my story. But now that I've written a book, it's kind of addictive and I want to keep writing them. If you if you never got paid a penny to write, would you still do it? Um, I honestly believe I would because, you know, like even right now, I just signed up for uh, to start my master's degree, which is going to be writing papers again. So it's it's still like striving towards education. But at the end of the day, it just boils down to writing. So. I must enjoy it if I just continue to do it. And now that I've learned the process of how to write a book, definitely. Um, I believe it's bigger than just making money. And for me, it's more about educating people and and just doing something different, making an impact on people's life. Like I really enjoy that aspect of it. So um, even if it's not about money, it's still a means to reach out to people and connect with people and educate people. So that's my thing. Like I'm a, I'm a people person. So if it involves getting in touch with people and, you know, having discussions and helping people out and providing resources, then I'm all for it. Spoken like a true creative. (laughs) So let's talk about your latest project overnight father. Okay. How do you think people, or readers rather, how do you think readers will be able to connect with the story? Um, I think people love hearing about success stories. And I think that's what will attract people to my story because, you know, I started off, you know, just first of all, my story is crazy how I became an overnight father. You know what I'm saying? Like in the book, I, I outline how just one day I got a phone call my son's mom and she was like hey I'm in the hospital I just had a baby you know what I'm saying so like imagine being in my shoes and and what I was thinking because I was on track to go play college football get a scholarship and move on to bigger and better things and then automatically overnight I had other responsibilities and that really shaped how my future was gonna be you know what I'm saying so um that's not your typical story on how someone becomes a father so I think that will also attract people to my story because they want to know how I overcame it and you know what I experienced going through that so I think that's powerful and then what I'm doing is I'm providing education because in the story I go from becoming an overnight father to everything is cool at first we're able to co-parent peacefully and then you know after I move on and I get married that's when all the drama started and that's when she started like alienating me from my my child she wouldn't let me get my visitations you know what i'm saying they tried to hike up child support on me so um the whole process was like super expensive and and really demotivating because 
you know, I was living in Las Vegas and my son was living in Georgia with his mom. So it was expensive to visit with them because I would have to like fly him out or I would have to fly down there. And that was expensive. I also had a wife and a daughter to take care of. I was in the Air Force trying to maintain and um, just people like hearing about uh, how people navigated their way out of a struggle and became successful. So my goal is to, sh- to motivate fathers to not give up and keep pursuing time with their children. And in addition to that, I'm providing them education and a blueprint on how they can position themselves to try to earn more time with their kids. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what would interest people in my story as well. Like, especially if a father is going through something similar to what I was going through, he can use these resources that I'm providing to position himself to either get custody or win more visitation with his child. You've been through a lot <laughs> at a very young age. That's that's a that's a lot of weight to carry. Yes. Now you mentioned being in the Air Force. You, you're currently in the Air Force, correct? Yes, I'm currently in the Air Force. Okay. So the Air Force they teach you like Common Core values, such as like discipline and and those sorts of things. How do you think being disciplined in that kind of way contributed to your writing? And if so, has it helped you? Uh, most definitely, because first of all it put me in a position to where I was mature enough to, you know, cut out all the partying and chasing all these women and actually focus on bettering myself, utilizing the skills that I was taught in the Air Force. So it provided me with the trade. It provided me with educational opportunities. It kept me out the streets, away from any distractions and things like that. So it grew me in so many different ways. And within the air force we have to we have to write reports and things like that too so it just really put me in a in a natural environment to just hone my writing skills and it allowed me the time to really sit back and focus and you know kind of it was like writing is therapeutic for me so when i'm in a position to just sit back and actually contemplate my thoughts and put them on paper I owe a lot to the Air Force because of that, you know what I'm saying, for putting me in this position to really grow up and and really identify what I can provide to society. So you've always been a creative pretty much all your life? Pretty much all my life. Like, I I forgot to mention that I used to uh, write music as well. So um, that's another thing I did. Like, anything writing, I pretty much dabbled in it. So So you have a knack. That's, That's great. How long did it take you to write the book? Um, off and on for about, I want to say about three months. It took me about three months. So the book is a total of 67,000 words. And it's, it's 22 chapters in the book. So it's plenty of content. And it kind of took me a while. But, you know, I just started with the outline. Just kind of jotted down some, some things that I felt like should go into the book. And then I would expand on it. I was I would expand on that outline uh, whenever I got an opportunity to write. So um, it was on and off for about three months, but I'm done writing now, and it's such a sigh of relief to just have completed something like that because now I've added author to my resume, and it, it's pretty surreal. 
you know what I'm saying? That I'm, I'm about to publish a book. So do you think you could have told the story differently or being that the story is complete at the stage that it is now, do you think there's something you would have told differently? Um, <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because had I not had the type of supporters that I do have in my life, it would have been a lot more raw and uncut, but I'm fortunate to have some good mentors who I kind of share my manuscript with before I send it to the editor and they was able to advise me on the type of content I should probably modify or remove or anything like that to prevent myself from getting in any like legal trouble or anything like that. So as, as for now, the short answer to that is no. But I do want to add that I'm thankful for the type of supporters I've had to, you know, kind of advise me and point me in the right direction. Because, like you said, I've been through a lot. So the raw and uncut story is, is going to be a lot for people to stomach. But the version that I actually put out was it was a little watered down in some areas. And that was for, like, legal purposes. But... I don't think it took away from the content and the impact and the intent of what I'm trying to do. So if anything, it just kind of customized it for all audiences and not necessarily watered down to the point where it's not going to be a great impactful story, if that makes sense. Yeah. What would you say you gained or even lost from writing this memoir? Um. So it's... As far as gain, we'll talk about the positive first. So what I think I've gained is I've gained a lot of respect. I've gained a lot of new friends and supporters. I'm able to uh, find myself in, in different circles now that I've written a book. I'm able to interact with a different group of people now. I didn't realize it was a whole world of authors out there who just support each other. You know what I'm saying? So... I've been fortunate enough to um, be invited into some of those circles now. So I've definitely gained a lot more uh, supporters and, and friends and mentors and things like that. And I've gained a sense of accomplishment, a sense of, a sense of pride. Um, I've gained another stream of income. It's so much that I've gained um, from just writing a book and, and telling my story. But I think the biggest thing that I, I'll be thankful for is the fathers that I'm going to help and that's the reason behind the book like a lot of people kind of focus on some of the negative aspects of the story and not necessarily the purpose but I think once uh people actually get my book in front of them and read it they'll be able to see like my intention and 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 what I was trying to do and they'll be able to take some value away from my book and I think that's going to be the biggest thing I've gained but as far as losing stuff, like it's definitely burn a few bridges with with people who I thought were really in my corner. You know what I'm saying? Like it's crazy listening. I was listening to a song the other day that kind of reminded me of my situation, and uh, the the quote was, "I had people in my circle, but they weren't in my corner." And to me, that was deep. I was like, "Yo, that's like." exactly what I'm going through right now you know what I'm saying like just some of the people some of the characters that was in the book 
they don't really want me to tell my truth because of the way it would make them look and and they're uncomfortable with that and that's when I that's kind of what I was alluding to when I was talking about the the legal aspects of you know some of the content I was putting in the book but yeah it's definitely burnt a few bridges but that's cool to me like you know what I'm saying like if you can't really see my intention and, and what I'm trying to do then I don't really feel like you are a true supporter anyway because I don't feel like um I don't feel like you know just one person's perception is bigger than all the different lives that I can touch with my book. Have you ever considered publication for other genres? Maybe like fiction. You said you write you you write poetry or you've done it, but seeing, you know, in the future do you think you would write in other genres aside from like nonfiction, memoirs? Almost oh, definitely. I'm I'm about to max perform myself. Like um <laughs> I really feel like uh I have a future in writing and the author career field and you know it's not really I don't even look at it as a career field like to me it's more of like a hobby so (laughs) I kind of like I just like writing anyway so I mean why not share my work with people I definitely plan on dabbling in other genres and things like that so maybe poetry definitely some possibly some fiction because I'm pretty creative and I've already hit the nonfiction lane. So, yeah, definitely. Those are just options that I plan on exploring. In addition to that, like, I've even inspired my daughter. So, what's crazy to me is, like, the other day my daughter was on uh, her her class. They, they do, like, virtual school right now. And for some reason, they got on the subject of books. And she chimed in and was like, hey, my dad is writing a book. And... It's about fatherhood and blah, 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 blah. And she even pitched on my website and everything. Showed on my book cover. Like, it was dope. It was like, because I haven't really encouraged her to, like, promote for me or anything. So that was just organic support from her. And that really touched me. And she's also, you know, started writing her book on her little notepad. Like, one day she came up to me and was like, hey, Dad, this is the title of my book. And, you know, that really touched me because I felt like I inspired her to you know, tap into her creative side and, and start her her authorial journey, you know what I'm saying? So that's cool. Like you 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 may not notice or we don't know, but our kids, they are watching us, like every move, everything that we do. So if we're offering positivity and, and you know, putting good content out in the world, they're gonna see that. They're gonna pick that up. Yeah. That's amazing. Most that's definitely. Cool. What would you say some of your resources are that helped you along the way? Like if you could pick your top three writing resources, like your main three things that you can't live without, what would those be? So my main three writing resources, that's a good question. I would say for one, my laptop, because I can't, <laughs> I can't obviously, really. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so I'm so thankful for my laptop and the Wi-Fi because you can make right. so much happen with that. But uh, honestly, I would say Google because like when I want to use a word and I'm not sure how to spell it, I just Google it real quick. So <laughs> um, definitely Google. And also uh, it's this writing group I'm a part of. It's called University of Moguls. And there's so many uh, supporters in there that 
uh, we bounce ideas back and forth off of. So uh, definitely my writing group and, you know, just different influencers all over the place who just inspire me. Who or what, on the topic of inspiration, who or what has inspired you? Number one. If you could pick who one thing. Who or what? One thing. Or one I'm, person. <laughs> one person. I can't boil it down to one person. But I would say primarily my family and just being a provider. Like, you really tap into your uh, creative side and, you know what I'm saying, you don't realize how much you're truly capable of until you have to take care of other people. And um, that really lights a fire up under you and, and forces you to just make stuff happen and stop making excuses. So I would say my, my immediate family, some of my mentors, like Shanti Blanchard, most definitely is a huge inspiration for me. I, w- I, would, I would leave it up to, to those two topics, like just being a provider and my mentor, Shanti Blanchard, and just seeing the the happiness on my children's face when they have everything they need just seeing them happy 2021 goals for nicholas go 2021 goals for nicholas i'm starting my master's degree in january i'm publishing my book and i want to really impact the lives of people through my book getting promoted in the military next year and in addition to that, I'm, I'm thinking about dabbling in investing. That's what I want to start doing in 2021 as well. I got a bunch of mentors who invest and just fitness goals as well. I want to get back in shape. You know, I used to be a college year athlete. And right now I couldn't make it through one of those workouts. So I want to get back to a point to where um, I feel like. I'm in better shape and and just focusing on my health and finances and family. So those are my big goals. So long story long, you got a lot lot of work to do next year, pretty much. A a lot of work to do. It never stops. Like I said, when you're a provider, man, you just got to keep going in your bag and putting out new tricks. You know what I'm saying? So So um, unfaltering father. Am I saying that correctly? Unfaltering? Unfaltering. Unfaltering. There we go. Unfaltering Fathers, LLC. Families always thrive having essential role models. That's yes. a powerful statement to put out there in the world. Yes, What's the ma'am. message behind this company you stand with? What is, what is the message behind that? So the message behind that company is just, you know, I want to network with uh, fathers who are handling their responsibilities and even fathers who aren't because I feel like we can inspire them to, to do a better job and you know, really own their position in their children's life and just networking, inspiring, empowering, encouraging togetherness, just not giving up. Like we have a very important position in our children's lives. I, I need us to play that role to the fullest. The company is kind of inspired by my book because I was like, you know, if if I'm going to write a book and inspire people, like I want to create a movement. And I feel like, you know, my company would definitely do that. And what kind of inspired that is a quote I took from the Airman's Creed. So in the Air Force, each branch has their own like creed. 
And it's one line in the Airman's Creed from the Air Force that kind of stuck out to me. And it says, I will not falter and I will not fail. So I feel like um, that's where I got unfaltering from. Unfaltering fathers. And I created the acronym fathers. Families always thrive. Having essential role models. Because I feel like that's true. And I stand behind that. If a family has... Uh, a powerful father who's really handling their business and going hard for their family, they're going to thrive regardless. So I just I don't think it's enough, you know, entities out there who really promote, you know, being a good father, especially in the African-American community. I don't even want to like categorize it to just African-American communities because um, I embrace all cultures. So Um, I just know from my culture, we can use more inspirational fathers, but I'm pretty sure every culture can too. So it's not exclusive to just African-American males, but um, historically that's been the main people in my circle and that's who I'm starting with, but I'm not finishing with just African-Americans. Like I'm trying to branch this out to anybody who fits that category of a father and who, who feels like they're unfaltering and they won't fail so that's the brand and you can check out the website at unfalteringfathers.com from there you can kind of see my movement we got merchandise going right now um i just want to push that message out that's that's really cool i feel like a lot of dads just dads in general regardless what their culture or background is can appreciate that and they will be able to connect with the company just on the strength that it is so diverse like you said it you know it it caters to african-americans but it's for all dads so that's that's really dope appreciate that a lot now at first glance on your instagram page you can clearly see that you're a family guy that's that's actually one of the things that i found interesting about your page is how you celebrate fatherhood like you really celebrate it i find that very refreshing and it's always nice to see dads so engaged with their families what tools do you instill in your children so really i like to instill hard work and making sure that they earn anything they're given because nothing in life comes easy so i try to encourage them to work hard be truthful um reach their full potential and then uh treat people how they want to be treated strive for excellence you know be good with money make smart decisions don't hang with the right crowd with the wrong crowd everything positive really because I, I feel like I feel like that's important and that's what's gonna you know keep them out of trouble and help them you know rise to the top and achieve the goals that they set for themselves I talked to them talk to them about like goal setting time management effort like all those different type of things structure discipline educating themselves and the list goes on like it's, it's so it's so much and you got to get them now while they're still young get them now train them right discipline them and they will they will be great citizens as they get older so that's that's really cool so how do you unwind what do you do to relax when you're not writing books and memoirs and air force and is that even a thing air force yeah <laughs> <laughs> <That laughs> <That is, laughs> i know i said that wrong thing. but no nah, okay. it's all good um 
to be honest, I'm still trying to figure that out because I rarely, I rarely have the time to just sit down and chill because I've been in the Air Force for a while now. So now I'm in charge of people and my, my job is to take care of people. So when I go to work, I'm taking care of people. When I come home, I'm taking care of people. And it just seems like somebody always needs something. You know what I'm saying? So right. um, I really sacrifice a lot of my my personal time so much to the point where I can't even tell you what my hobbies are. Like my hobbies are work. You know what I'm saying? Like right. <laughs> in my free time, coming up in January, in my free time, I'm going to be working on my master's degree. So you know what I'm saying? That just puts it into perspective. Like, when I'm not working on that, I'm probably going to be, you know, helping my wife or helping my kids or helping some of my airmen overcome some of these obstacles, you know. And it's crazy because when I do just sit down and watch TV, it's like like my family looks at me like, like, wow, you ain't doing nothing right now? Like, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So, um, honestly, that's another goal I'm gonna set for myself. Cause sometimes I, you know, it's it's overbearing the amount of responsibility I have. So I gotta find some time to just sit back and cope and just relax a little bit sometimes, so that I can keep going hard. I don't want to burn myself out. So that's another goal. 2021. I'm gonna figure out what I enjoy doing in my free time. I mean. Obviously, I like to, like, take my wife out to eat and, well, I take the whole family out to eat most of the time. We really enjoy doing that. I mean, before COVID, we used to go, like, watch movies, go to the parks, stuff like that. We like to go travel, uh, go to the beach, things like that. But since COVID hit, we just been in the house and I just been in my bag, like, just trying to take advantage of it. I think every, I think that's everybody on everybody's to-do list. So where can listeners find you online? Listeners can find me at nicholasjwedlow.com. Definitely check out his website. It does a fantastic job of telling a story. And rarely you see that on websites. Like you, websites, most websites anyway, um, you know, you always see somebody trying to sell you something. But I like how you were able to capture all your experiences in a way that explains your truth. So that's nicely done up there. I really, really appreciate it going over and looking at it i really appreciate that feedback because you know i've always been kind of a person that's kind of like you know i like to keep my business to myself so when i really okay. put all that stuff on my website it was kind of uncomfortable at first but i was like you know what like um i feel like if people are gonna buy into me as an author they need to know who i am and what i'm about so i just went for it and it seems like it's paying off based on your feedback so i really appreciate that because that really took a lot to, you know, put all my business out there like that. I've been, right. I'm used to, you know what I'm saying, being more closed off and reserved with like my personal business. Um, now that I embrace this whole author mentality, it's like I got to put myself out there and get out of my comfort zone to really achieve what I'm trying to do. Right. I had uh, my episode last week I did on introverts and extroverts. So what category would you put yourself in? I feel like I already know now. With you speaking, but I'm gonna let you answer that for yourself. Um, are you introverted or are you extroverted? Honestly, I feel like once I get to know you, I'm pretty extroverted. But when I initially meet somebody, I'm kind of introverted, just trying to figure out 
who they are and how much just how much I can open up to a person because you can't really trust everybody but I really if I had to boil it down to just one I definitely feel like I'm extroverted once I'm able to to meet you and feel you out and see what type of person you are and then um I think you can see for yourself so you're introverted there's that in the middle like right in the middle I didn't know that was a thing <laughs> most people don't but there is a, that is on the spectrum. Am, ambiverted. It's where you are combinations of both introverted and extroverted. And mm. you can go either way, depending on your mood, you know, your surroundings. Just depends on, you know, how you react in different situations. So. Most definitely. I'm going to have to look that up, do some research yeah, on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So now we've, we've come to that part of the show where listeners get to learn more about my guests, aside from their careers and their projects. And you obviously got a lot going on, but um, I wanted to present a speed round of questions, 25 questions created just for you, Nick, just for you, 25 questions. But the thing is, you have to answer these questions in 60 seconds, 60 seconds, a whole minute. All right. (laughs) Let's give it a shot. So um, if you're successful, you'll be the first guest on my show to hold the title of winning the speed round. I had some other guests on the show and no one's been able to to hold this title. No one can do it. So I'm Is hoping that a challenge. It it it's become one because no All one right. can do it. I'm hoping that uh that you can do this. All <laughs> this, right. This say say less. All right. I got my trusty timer ready to go. Are you ready for the challenge? I'm ready. Hold on. Let me let me get my timer ready too. <laughs> <He's> like, Hold, on. <laughs> Hold on. I'm gonna get my timer ready. Oh no, I gotta do the timer. Oh, you gotta do the timer? Yeah. I gotta do the time. I'm. You're gonna hear it. You're gonna <laughs> hear right, the timer. Cool. So All right. don't worry. All right, let's go. Let's go. Red or blue? Red. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Android or iOS? iOS all day. Roblox or Fortnite? Roblox. My daughter loves it. Day or night? Night. Half empty or half full? Half full. Rain or snow? Snow. Apples or oranges? Oranges. Favorite sports team? Atlanta Falcons. Favorite author? Nick Wedlow. Chicken or steak? Chicken. Favorite place to visit? Bahamas. Hot or cold? Hot. Past or future? Future. Favorite song? Uh, Never Had Ish by me. Sweet or salty? Sweet. Reading or writing? Writing. Sunset or sunrise? Sunrise. Pumpkin pie or sweet potato? Sweet potato. Oh. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. All right. Yeah, are you ready for your results? Winner. Yes. Take a while. Guess what number you stopped at? Um, I don't know. It sounded like I did pretty good. I'm going to say like... I'm going to say like 22. You got up to number 18, sir. 18? <laughs> 18. Oh, man. 18. You almost had it, too. You know what I think it was? You were, um after you answered the question, you kind of like said something for two seconds more when you yeah. couldn't wait to another question. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I felt bad. I was like, dang, don't say it. But okay. My bad. 18 is cool. That's that, all right. That was that, that was that introvert coming out. Or extrovert coming out. <laughs> there, there you go. See? 
It's coming all all out. There you go. I'm glad you were able to come out and hang with me, share your journey. Please feel free to stop by anytime. Keep us in the loop with what, what you got going on. Any latest projects? Come on, share them. I definitely will. And I I really want to thank you for the opportunity. Thanks for having me. Um, It's been a pleasure to network and I will continue staying in touch and networking with you in the future. Um, But I do want to say one more time, please go check out NicholasJWedlow.com. And my book is available for pre-order right now. And it'll be ready for publishing real soon. The editor is almost finished. Then we're going to step into that publishing phase and get it out there. But in the meantime, you can go to Unfaltering Fathers right now and check out my website and cop some merch and just support a young brother out here trying to do his thing, man. Get that merch and support this young brother trying to do his thing. Yes, sir. What's up? And that will do it for this week's Author Spotlight. You can learn more about Nicholas Wedlow at nicholasjwedlow.com. Follow Nick's journey on Instagram and Facebook at Nicholas J. Wedlow. And that brings us to the end of this week's Author Spotlight. I really appreciate you guys for taking time out of your day to listen in. And I really hope you were able to gain some insight from today's episode. Before I close, I just wanted to recap one point that Nick brought out earlier in the show. And that's for all dads out there to embrace fatherhood. Embrace it as much as moms do. I don't want to like toot my own horn, but moms are awesome. Like we, we really are. We're some of the most strongest creatures on planet earth, but we, we can't do it alone. Definitely not. And we need our dads to help us. And I'm not saying that we don't have strong fathers. I'm just saying more should embrace being one. We need more of our fathers to be empowered by their strong role within their families. So I appreciate what Nick is doing with Unfaltering Fathers, and I really respect the powerful message behind it. Go support Nick's journey and best to him in all his future endeavors. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. I leave you with all love and positivity. Please be sure to leave a review or rating. And if you haven't followed or subscribed, like I, I don't know what to tell you. Like at this point, I don't know what to say anymore. So let's make this easy. You want to get notified when my episodes go live? Just hit that follow or subscribe button. That's it. And you'll get it every week. Every week you will get my latest content first. So be sure to take care of that. Till next week, happy writing.